Hello and welcome to Exiting Through the 2010s, a podcast about the movies from the 2010s. I'm Jack Draper with me, out to kill me, it's Chloe Williams. I mean, I've been waiting, man. Yeah. For I, so long. I know. I think we, yeah. Been learning different languages. Uh, been you've, you've been preparing uh, for so long. Yeah. Uh, today, it's it's been three years since we put out Mad Max Fury Road. And Wait, I mean, to that's, the day? that's to the day. And you've been playing a long game. I really have. I mean, hey, you have to learn about uh, the definition of music. Um, you got to <laughs> learn about uh, collapsing stars. And then once you do all that, you're finally ready to kill someone. So, we all have our Eric Bana to our Saoirse Ronan in, in, in our lives. God, I wish. What? <laughs> you have that? Who? Do you, how do you get that? I want an Eric Bana. Can I get an Eric Bana? <laughs> do you have to like sign up somewhere? Like, and then we have our keep on chat, like like the, it's like a you know they're all analogs for America. Does he get to, like, do you have to sign something like the student loans? Is, was that an executive? It's like your two choices are like Eric Bana or Viggo Mortensen and Captain Fantastic. Like you know you're Eric Bana. Are you kidding me? What <laughs> yeah. is that a choice? Eric Bana twenty four seven. Yeah, you know like, underrated actor. Honestly. Yeah, so he well. just seems like a very nice man. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I mean, great. Yeah, very like chill in interviews. Doesn't really cause a ruckus on productions. I don't know. A ruckus. Like, yeah. Um, oh, what was that movie he made in the pandemic? The Dry, wasn't that? Like, that was supposed to be kind of good. Um, I don't know what that is. Yeah, it's like it was a passion project, or like it was adapted from a novel, I think. Anyway. Good. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, let, why don't we get into what we've been watching recently? Andor, I'm still watching. Uh, the new episode dropped this week. It's really good. Tony Gilroy is a cool guy. Um, <laughs> Stellan Skarsgård is playing this like museum curator who was secretly like uh, like underground rebel, and he's very he's very good in it. He's very serious. I like it. Um, but I've just started for all mankind on Apple TV. Mm-hmm. um and people love that yeah it's it's truly and like the thing is i think we said this on an episode that it's kind of crazy i haven't watched it yet because it's just so up my alley it's like clay core for sure like people are just, like i've like the recommendations i've gotten how it is like uh like head like like heavy dad tv and i'm like my media mm-hmm. diet is exclusively dad focused yeah um roxana Haddadi loves it and she, I mean, her have similar tastes in that realm. Um, and I've just been recommended it and I've seen people talk about it. And I'm, I'm like a big expanse head and fucking like mm-hmm. love Astra, Interstellar, Gravity, like all the space shit you could want. First Man to an extent. Yeah, First Man. That was also, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is like heavy First Man vibes in a way of like what it's actually focusing on and the, the, the you know, the thematic points of the whole thing. Uh, but, I started it. I've watched like I think most of the first season. Um, it's up to three. Really fuck- I, I believe. Um, yeah, three seasons. Yeah. Uh, it's really fucking good. It's crazy. The just- is that the U.S. lost the space race, right? That's mm-hmm. like the whole yeah, thing. and I assumed that it took place like twenty years after of more like look at this alternate reality, mm-hmm. but no, it literally takes place right after mm-hmm. Russia wins. It, it lands on the moon first, and then it just becomes an accelerated space race, meaning that they find new ways to have the fucking race. It's like, all right, okay, fine. First woman to the moon. Okay, shit, we lost that one. All right, first 
space to the moon and it's like really it's it's great i mean the moment they're starting to land and shit and you hear all the space jargon like all right the ctvs and you know we're getting ready to do the you know a you know apgs and all this like just most random fucking acronyms and words you've never heard of i'm just like cool space jargon i love it yeah all the space jargon just give me all the shit I don't understand. I, don't, I find the space. I find space very uh, scary. I don't like thinking mm-hmm. about space. It seems yeah. bad. Uh, I mean, cool, but bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. it's a little bit like the so sea f- too. There's so much of it. Absolutely. We don't know what's out there. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, I've taken an astronomy class, and uh, it's one of those things where, as I was like taking that class, I kind of realized, oh, I don't give a fuck about this shit. I just like like I like movies and that have that are taught are about this. I don't like, I don't want to think like about this subject. in any critical sense. No, 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 no. I don't know. I don't want to know like meteor the difference between meteorites, asteroids, and comets, because there is a difference. Those are not very mm-hmm. those are not the same thing. And like what in which kind of material each contain and mm-hmm. like how and like the planet the uh the planet lifespan and the formation and what that looks like and all that shit. Um it's fucking boring so it's like, the difference but, between like, courtroom dramas and actual legal work right but so, see i like legal yeah. shit i like that bureau because it's all like bureaucratic nonsense with weird legalities and weird loopholes where you're like what the fuck you can say what um it and there's i don't know some like societal ecosystem with legal shit with with science in general for me i just can't get into um, so it's just very interesting that literally after I take this astronomy class that I kind of hate, uh, my teacher was okay. But then I'm watching this fucking space show that is so in depth with like, you know, they like, they're pretty, it's not all science and it's not like they do, it's not, it's not so focused on it, but like, they don't like, they, they don't um, dumb it down. They say the shit right, that they right, right. really say. They have, the, they talk to each other the way those fucking people would talk to each other so and i'm like oh yeah i love this this is awesome it's so it's so it's so funny did you ever really watch just... um men in the high castle it's like if i did uh yeah yeah so it's sort of the reservation amazon programming right yeah. yeah um i watched like the first two seasons of it and i'm like ah this is good i'm all right for a while it didn't seem real to me in the same way that mozart in the jungle doesn't seem real mozart in the jungle <laughs> would always yeah they always it always shows up at like the emmys and the golden yeah. globes it's a like, tax write-off not real it's yeah. set the rock joke. made that show for taxes yeah. there's no way anyone actually with a name it. like that as well i guess tv is different now because so many shows are just like that doesn't exist yeah. and apparently it's great mm-hmm. there, there's like a content That's overload that on apple no offense yeah. to every apple right you know it's true yeah it's true I, it's it, tv crit like following tv critics on twitter is like maybe the most crazy thing to me it makes me feel like i'm high on acid they yeah. where they're basically like saying all these different shows and like this one's great this one's perfect have you seen this and i'm just like i want to like explode my head i want to like take a c4 chip and put it into my skull and blow it up because this makes no sense i've never heard any of these shows apparently this has five seasons on a network i've never heard of this is like craziness. No, I mean it's I just... it's more common now with the content overload that TV shows can more easily not exist than film can. And I'm cool with non-existing shit, but if it's good, I'm just like, well, wait, why don't I know about this? Like, yeah. apparently, this is like like everyone's favorite fucking show, and then I have to wait five seasons into it to figure out people actually like it. Mm. It's true. I mean, that's that's. I mean, just look at like... For All My Guns. 
yeah, yeah, for all mankind. Yeah, I had to wait three seasons until I kind of realized, oh, people like this show. I should watch it. Yeah, and it's like, ugh. um, that's my for me. That's my uh, fucking yeah. rant. I recently caught up with my Todd work, my Todd Field homework. Hmm. Uh, both of the movies were your field work. You should have that was the joke. Field, yeah, that's true. You should have said field work. I should have oh, went there. Yeah. Right there. Yeah, yeah. That was a layup. Oh. Okay. That was a yeah. You fucking bricked that. Oh Jesus. Oh. Well, what's more important is that both in the bedroom and Little Children are fantastic, and I'm I mean we're mere weeks week singular away from Tar for me at least, and he just uh, both out, like right, excellent of the show the yeah Devil in the White City yeah that's no longer oh, going to be oh. directed by Todd Field but. Um, I mean, both are like excellent works of melodrama and like these um, really juicy parts for every actor to sink their teeth into. And uh, I, I mean, I, I, it's like that family drama sort of like tight ensemble that I really couldn't do. It reminded me of like the ice storm or whatever. That's um, like you can find in like the early 2000s, but uh I kind of like in the bedroom a little bit less than mm. in little children, even though it's the opposite for most people, but it yeah. doesn't matter. They're both great. Um, now, how I, little are the children? Yeah. That's my biggest they're, question. I knew you were going to say this. Uh, they're very small. It's, it's about okay. Patrick right. Wilson and uh, Kate Winslet who don't like their spouses and they have, I was going to say those little are children. Little children. Yeah, Patrick right. Wilson they're, they're both adults in this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. Can't wait for Tar. Tar doesn't come out here till. Uh, I mean, I. I, I was just gonna I'll, ask. Yeah. You'll find yeah. a way to see it. I'm probably gonna probably go to screener. But yeah. Tar is not out until January here, and mm-hmm. then like mid mid winter for like other parts of Europe, which is oh, like wow. I I get. It's just I can never predict like what we're gonna get at the same time. And I realized that someone else could tell me and I simply just don't have enough data to like do the analysis myself. But on yeah. a regular basis I'm just shocked what I do and do not see on time in theaters here. So I'm always just like all right. So I, I have not seen Tara. I look forward to it. People yeah. love it. Um I haven't seen it yet. It is so. three hours <laughs> long. It's not it's two and a half hours. But I look forward yeah. to yeah. whatever Yeah it seems like it's going to be like in the conversation for totally. several months anyway oh yeah tar it's yeah. a fun title you just want yeah. to keep saying tar. Ava- avatar yeah all right well, yeah okay. yeah it's okay. a lot yeah a lot of puns uh well you got anyway. that one but you couldn't get field work is that it you <laughs> yeah. you got that one right under the belt we'll actually I... have avatar we will have avatar and tar at the same time which i think is really it's true funny. Yeah, yeah. Is that? Oh, I didn't know that. The oh. second, well, the sequel. Yeah. That'll be a cool double bill. That's December, uh, that, right? That'll be, that'll be a long day if you did. That'd be a long, weird day. Yeah. That's a, a strange that uh, comeback for for up. those two auteurs. <laughs> what there. am I watching? Yeah, I am currently. I'll, I'll just say two things. Currently, I'm rewatching Breaking Bad, which is a Ooh. lot interesting. Although everyone has seen talk Breaking about Bad. talk about a show that wasn't really recognized until like two or three seasons in, where people were like, "Oh wait, we people love Breaking." This. Actually, you know, and I I'm not actually. I started watching in season five, I think, when I was no it, right. A lot of people. Yeah, did. yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I no mean, one really watched that first season. That yeah. was like that was word of mouth. 
I am watching rewatching Breaking Bad because I started Saul, which I'm embarrassed to say I hadn't seen mm-hmm. before. And then I, I haven't seen it. Realized <laughs> that I was like really forgetting every single thing that happened in Breaking Bad. So I decided to pause, rewatch Breaking Bad. That's going well, moving fast, great show. Other thing I just watched was Braveheart for the first time, which is a oh. really interesting one. <laughs> I had never seen Braveheart for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, I don't, I think we put it on because we were. <laughs> I was trying to watch something Irish and then I couldn't find something streaming that was Irish. That's so said, well, very funny. We'll go to something that at least was shot in Ireland. This Braveheart mm-hmm. so mostly shot in Meath. Uh, and I put on Braveheart. And the first half of Braveheart, I'm like, this is the best movie in the world. Like every movie should be like this again. Um, wonderful action. Movie should look like this again. And then the second half, it's just the most kind of self-congratulating, ridiculous, bloated thing in the world. <laughs> I think so that was yeah Mark Gibson experience yeah, yeah exactly. I mean pretty much it, it's like, like the first half of... is like yeah and then the second half you're like Mel Gibson literally thinks he is Jesus um, yeah and then pre who are we to say he's wrong you know he's it's like wrong. some people think they're other things you know I have maybe the exact Jesus. same I don't know um in the pandemic I went through all of the best picture winners and oh yeah I found that this is the exact same experience that i'm yeah. like oh this is kind of riveting and you know swooning romance and then just mm-hmm. like we should be over by now <laughs> and then you're like this is yeah. the same yeah. and now he's just doing revenge and now yes. he's just yes. sleeping with different women and <laughs> right 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 just right. like care about his wife who died but i'm like come on like we're like either care about your wife who died or or move on i guess but <laughs> they keep trying to like meld two things together anyway you know and then like the most iconic thing. moments are like yeah. in the back half and you're like we just had to suffer yeah, through like true. a lot of greatness to just to get to like the Line. monologues and eh, yeah you know freedom guys freedom yeah. yeah cassie olsen is back with us brought us hannah from joe wright 2011's hannah uh please your relationship with the film your thoughts on joe wright which i'm sure we'll yeah. go more into but i would love oh, your sort sure. of thesis and uh yeah please Good to be back. Good or bad. Yeah. Good Um, to have you. Good to be back. Um, Far too long. Yeah. I was going to say very different than Spring Breakers. (laughs) We were about to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Great time talking about that. Um, I will say, uh, yeah. So, so Hannah. So I think that something like Spring Breakers, right, is like so integral to my personality. Hannah wouldn't say it's integral to my personality, but I really, really, really like this movie. And I always have. Um, I can't remember when I first saw it. I definitely didn't see it in cinemas. I didn't see it in theaters. I saw it probably on like HBO, uh, like in the 2010s, uh, well after it, 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 it had been released. Um, I think that many of us were fans of maybe were considered themselves focus features fans, <laughs> um, oh at this time. I know I did. Um, <laughs> and I think fundamentally, Joe Wright, we'll get into it, but you know, this is still when I liked Joe Wright. Like, so, so mm, you know, mm. there was Pride and Prejudice, great film. Atonement. Yeah. Some will say it's not a great film, but I love Atonement a lot. The soloist, um, kind of a flop. Soloist. Yeah. Forgot he made that one. I know yeah. I've seen yeah. the soloist, but we don't really talk about it. Have you it. seen the soloist I mean, though? I don't I, I don't think anyone's seen that. No, movie? no, I remember watching it, but it was when I was when I was a teen and I saw everything. And guys, guys, we all remember Robert Downey Jr.'s one, two, three punch of Iron Man, Tropic Thunder, 
The Soloist. The Soloist. We all knew. Yeah, I know. We all remember. Who is he starring across in The Soloist? Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx. <laughs> the the bigger, the top build actor, of course, compared to Robert Downey. Because, like, Iron Man had just come out and Tropic Thunder was about to come out. It's very yeah. funny. And also the better actor. Yeah, right. Of course. Meteor part. It's a little bit. We will get, you know, I don't remember it enough to be critical of it. I feel like it's not good, but I don't remember. Right. So I can't really, I don't, can't give it a fair shake. There is probably um, a solo in there. I'll just say. Yeah. yeah. There is. Um, it's about but yeah, H- Hannah, I was such a, I just loved immediately because I was just very, uh, it is so different to anything else that was coming out at the time, at least from my understanding. And it was very mm-hmm. different to anything Joe Wright had done. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that at that point, uh, it was something that just caught my eye as a woman, as like a teenage girl woman who didn't like action films when I was young. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't, I was, I was quite young when it came out and I probably saw it when I was like 14, 15. And then mm-hmm. I was like, this is cool. Like, it's like a badass girl thing, but I just thought it was great. And then actually my relationship to it is so strong because the soundtrack became a really big part of my college mm-hmm. study playlist. So I would listen yeah. to the Chemical Brothers soundtrack, the score uh, constantly. And if I listen to it now, it's just brings me back to like 2014, 2015 and being like a freshman in college. Um, great score. And I really liked the Chemical Brothers and I was getting into like electronic music and like in a very like kind of broad sense, um, not like in a, in a very, very informed, serious sense. But yeah, I just was, I was, a, the soundtrack was really my, like, is my tie to the film. So I think that so much of, of, of what I think about when I think about Hannah is that, and of course it's like an early search around and then she, she has gotten so big since then. It has made so many things that people love and we love since then. Mm-hmm. Um, and, Irish. and it's just a, mm-hmm. and she's Irish, which is where mm-hmm. I live. And there's just a smattering of crazy good actors in it as well, that I think it's Ooh, just funny. You're like, smattering. oh my God, in, in the background. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so yeah, I just, that was, I've, I've always really liked Hannah and like, I've never really talked about it that critically. So I look forward to this conversation. Yeah. You Anna Karenina head? You like Anna, Anna Karenina? I don't like Anna Karenina. How do you? Oh, Anna love it. Love that movie. You do. So good. I, I mean, for me, I kind of chose Anna Karenina for the pod when some, when our other guest, Andrew Kendall chose it. And for very similar reasons, I vouch for this one because I am sort of like a Joe Wright, like uh, virgin. Like I haven't seen many. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was trying to think of a better word. Um, no, I like before it. Anna Karenina and uh, I had before I'd seen Anna Karenina. I yeah. I talked about it in that episode. I saw Pride and Prejudice and Atonement because it like completely escaped mm-hmm. my life until like. Those. A year or two ago. And um, and now for this one, I hadn't seen this one before this. Mm-hmm. Liked it a lot. Very good. good. Um, it's it, it's like so interesting where it's like coming in the point of like Banna Blanchett Ronan's career, as well as like its placement in 2011 film and how it's like kind of forgotten about. Um, and also Joe Wright's career, where it's like sandwiched in between mm-hmm. um I believe soloist in Canada. I say a year in film in 2011 because there were a few reviews that I watched where they were comparing this to, um, oh, was it uh, Kick- Kickass? And they were like, oh, you know, like the action thrillers with like uh, female leads. 
It's okay. like Joe Wright, how, Matthew how you... Vaughn, they're the same. Person. I know, I know exactly. Where it's that like, is very huh, apples okay. and apples and oranges there. I know, yeah, but um, apples and even apples and bloody oranges because that movie says apples fuck and a oranges lot. that say fuck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. is a little it's girl it's, saying yeah. fuck. <laughs> its title is kick ass. Oh, and then that. mutilating <laughs> people. Cool. Um, but even if this seemed like a genre jump for joe wright it does still have that um uh that tenderness at its core and you still Mm -hmm. recognize that all these years later and some you know it's about parenting you guys like what do you envision for your kid you know just let them be a person i don't know yeah would love my my kill my kid to kill people especially people (laughs) from the cia i think that'd be dope i would love my child to be german (laughs) everyone is german in this movie vaguely the accent work um you know it's something it, yeah so i don't i think I the only do, reason the do. accents work is because the whole movie has this very like fantastical quality to it so you're it not watching the film and being like yeah. this it is real life tale. you're like yeah, yeah exactly but i think the the accent work is yeah not the strongest but i think that it comes out with uh also with uh Kate blanchett as well like she's doing such a crazy character like right. i always think that Kate blanchett is doing drag in this movie like it's very <laughs> like it is like the most kind of performance and she's like wearing this crazy speaking wig of and... tar of course speaking of tar yeah so hannah tar totally. no that doesn't work um in a tar no okay. yeah there you go anyhow uh anyway yeah, and we complimented the score of Anna Karenina a bunch of that episode. I think that both of these, Cambrico Brothers' work on this one, sort of have a life of its own mm-hmm. apart from the movie. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean like it's a score placed on top of the movie, but just how it's very well regarded. Anyway. I have no um, Chemical Brothers relationship. I Me and the Chemical Brothers have not you never interacted met. no the, the movie reminded me i was me that such joe a Wright chemical star- brothers head when i was a kid oh, and really? i think it might have been because of hannah i don't really remember the origin oh, of maybe. that but it was one of those things that i just got into it and yeah, i like yeah. said it a lot it reminded me that joe Wright got his start in music videos yeah which is yeah. confusing uh to me because of how it translates yeah. into his work because it doesn't i mean i realize that music videos is how so many directors get their start sure because it's a medium where you can make shorts and they're creative oh, wait like he started in think... music videos yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. you wouldn't think of was him like, oh, as a music video scene. guy yeah and yeah. the rave scene has made one appearance in his career and it's in hannah <laughs> nowhere yeah. else well i was gonna say that whole okay i mean I, I was gonna get to this later but that whole section of her escaping that compound the moment i was watching it, i'm like oh it's like a music video like i had yeah. no idea that he directed music videos i'm just like this literally is shot like a music video like the it, it, the you know the shrubbing lights the bizarre angles it takes it has no real uh it does not give two shits about ge- uh, geography of where you know where she's going what the fuck is this place i mean it's a non like you know it's like concrete nonsense of like this does not make sense for a building this this has no real like actual it, it looks like one of those like you know industrial age just like warehouses you would make a music video in mm-hmm. um it looks like uh like the fucking apple commercial uh with like the um what am i thinking of like all the skinheads or whatever and they're like uh what is the apple commercial with yeah skinheads? 
Oh my gosh, I'm gonna. It was find in this. Steve Jobs. I feel like that would be was... allowed. Well, no, I mean like not actual skinheads. Like they were like People they looked like heads. skinheads. Yeah, this looks like, like a very weird Google search right now. It was in the fucking. It was in the Michael Fassbender movie. There was a whole part oh. of it. Sorry. It's like, okay. did you actually get? Did you actually get like skinheads to do the commercial? I, no, we didn't get skinheads. I blocked Steve Jobs out. <laughs> oh man, that's a great movie. I don't. Okay. Also, well, I don't mean to. Matter. I don't mean to go on the record as not liking Anna Karenina. I just remember not vibing with it when I was younger, and then at one point, it's very much a vibe I literally movie. cried because I was watching it while after I had just had my uh, wisdom teeth out. And oh, my yeah. face was a mess and i was like Kier- i was like i was so moved to tears by how beautiful kira knightley is that i was just like yeah. that's all i remember so that's maybe not a good assessment i remember like the stagey she- thing didn't work for me but i realized it's really adventurous i'm not like that's cool it's a core like, memory you know what? Yeah. Yeah. that's a core memory <laughs> anyway so yeah not to go on the record as being an anna karenina hater I mean, yeah you've read the the novel but like yeah when it comes to the movie but yeah this is an interesting point in his career and i just don't really know why he made this but i'm happy he did well it i I, because the script was um floating around for a while um as a spec script for like five years and then saoirse was approached and then she was then uh you know recommended to bring in joe Wright. but originally it was going to be danny boyle which is some I can totally see actually. I actually could totally see that as well. Yeah. And I did read that and forgotten. I think that's so funny that Sir Sharon mm-hmm. at 14 or whatever. 15, yeah, yeah. And she's like, Joe you know, I have my job. Yeah. It's like, can I get can I get my friend Joe? <laughs> yeah. To do yeah, well, I mean, yeah, first Oscar animation with uh with yeah. women. Like yeah, very, very cool. And yeah. she's so she's like our age, you know. It's like we forget like four nominations and dead right now i've killed you you were half asleep i'll do better next time tell me again adapt or die think on your feet even when i'm sleeping i'm ready all you have to do is flip that switch it tells mercy regler where we are only you can get close enough she won't stop until you're dead or she is come and find me Marissa. We picked up an unencrypted signal below the Arctic Circle. We think it's Eric Heller. Heller is a rogue asset. I propose we go in and pull him out. We need to keep this contained, gentlemen. Papa. Remember what I taught you, you'll be fine. Heller was gone, but we found this kid. I want to speak to Marissa Fiegler. My name is Marissa Vaylor. You wanted to speak to me? <laughs> do things my agency will not let me do. The girl is still alive. If we're going to be friends, you're going to have to be honest. I'd like to have a friend. What is it? It's something about me. I don't understand the rest of it. What's wrong with you? Whatever you do, I promise not to follow me. I promise. Hello! Ah! 
I tried to prepare you. You didn't prepare me for this. Sometimes children are bad people too. Did you turn out as you hoped? Again, I feel like there was a lot of just a time where for like commercials and music videos where they would just find some like real like again like a concrete monster to film something in and have this like you know vague sense of geography that doesn't make sense. These weird scaffolding and like wall like it's all of just like it's all of pure aesthetic choices rather than anything that actually makes like logical logical sense. And while watching that scene from Hannah, it's just like none of this really makes sense why is there like a room that had like that is accessible but like the ventilation but does not look connected to really anything else and all these like Which random things cool. yeah. but that's the thing yeah. and that's why it's such a great sequence is because it's just yeah. like eh, fuck it looks cool and that's why I, that's why i love music videos and i think it's one of the more important art, important art forms there is because it's pure aesthetic choices rather than anything logical. And they're not, and it's, it's to me, when I watch them, it's like, oh, this is so much more creative than any movie that's coming out right now because it is pure, just like, ah, fuck, let's just do this and this. And I, uh, yeah, let's do that. Let's see that. Um, yeah, what's your relationship with? Oh, Hannah? Yeah. Oh, uh, I, funny enough, so I watched this, I watched this, um, shit when was it it was a while ago it was it's been at least five years i would have to imagine i think in like sometime in like 2016 it's one of those movies where i was you know trying to watch as many things as i can that people like vaguely recommended i don't know it was in 2017 mm. and that was the time where i still were like joe wright's coming out with darkest hour i gotta right. i gotta prepare <laughs> yeah i gotta prepare right. yeah right <laughs> what's like the polar opposite to um i that was still at the time when I had bad taste in movies, uh, meaning that uh, <laughs> my opinion was bad and that I was stupid um, because like my big takeaway when I watched that movie at 17 was, uh, it's an action movie, but there's not a lot of action in it. You know, I didn't really see like a ton of fighting. And so I don't think it's that good. So it was like, I, that's like my core memory is that it didn't really make sense. Uh, there's not a lot of like actual fighting in action, and I thought it was gonna be more action based. And you know, three out of uh, you know, three out of five. Mm-hmm. So what you're cool. saying was you you were 17 year olds and exactly watching um, <laughs> all of the action is hand to hand combat. You're right. There's like not. It's all just like yeah, like yeah, <laughs> right. There's, there's and like one it's all, and also it's like the action is also it, it, the way Joe Wright shoots it. And I didn't have this language at that time, but it's like, he's really not interested in the impact of hits. He's more interested in like the kinetic energy that is being transferred. I know this makes, this might not make sense or sounds crazy, but it's like more of the, because a lot of times he'll just cut away from like the actual impact of the hit or he won't like actually have the camera really focused in on that. It's more of just like the body movements and the, like that. Like, again, I, I can't describe it besides like kinetic energy just transferring from one person to the other. It's like the emotion. It's the like how people are tired during the fight, not at the actual like skill set itself. He doesn't really he doesn't really care about in a sense. I don't I don't think so. I think he's more interested in like the core, like the foundation of fighting, of the idea of, you know, this physical, these you know, physical feats of athleticism and how it is more of this idea of 
contorting and moving your body in this like fluid and uh, fluid and like, uh, like confident, like real um, focused way. Like they're kind of more like connected to their bodies in a way that feels more, again, I don't think he's interested in the violence and more of the actual movement of the fights. Yeah, it's more like dance. Um, like It really yeah. is. And that might come from his music video background. But yeah, like there's so many times where he just is not like, he just like, like Hannah's about to hit someone and just like, he cuts away from that. Mm -hmm. And usually people like, if you're like a huge action head or whatever, you're like, oh, that's bad action directing. But obviously it's a real choice. Um, And doesn't also help that the movie is PG-13. That's one of my main critiques Mm -hmm. is that it should have been R. It's pretty, it should have been R. Makes no sense. But I Um, kind of like the, uh, what they get away with. with No, no, I I, I think it's good. Um, like, yeah but so but when i first watched it i thought it was fine i was mm-hmm. like oh i don't know what the hype's about this was fine mm-hmm. not nothing spectacular and i still kind of had that opinion on but but i was always expect I, like in the last like year or so i always suspected i'm like well, i'm probably wrong about that one you know what i mean like one of those movie mm-hmm. opinions you have you're like eh, probably wrong you know it's yeah, like you're like you remember having it. it yeah yeah and it's just like i don't think so i think it was stupid then um and i watched it last night and i was wrong it's uh quite <laughs> good uh i think i think it's kind of i don't know maybe for i think for me at that age it was the wrong movie to watch because it's very much not an maybe not an experiment but just like a, per, a different perspective of that genre a different mm-hmm. idea a different way to make that kind of movie and i'm not saying it's groundbreaking but i'm saying that it does not it has no interest of upholding the um, the same uh, like film language that other action movies uh, have. It's not trying to shoot things to the same way. It's not trying to have the same pace or character relationships as a fucking Die Hard or a Predator or whatever the fuck. It's like very much its own thing and its own um, perspective on this kind of story on this kind of uh like you know it, it like this is very much like a a very like uh plot synopsis based plot in a way of like the hook is pretty great you feel yeah. like you, you can really sell this in an ele- elevator all right it's just Which, girl. i mean it trained. really does make it makes Go sense on. why the script was floating around for mm. like since 2006 2007 um and no i mean for me it's definitely like a coming of age story like disguised right. as a political thriller rather than the other way around right um, it's a movie about nurture versus nature or whatever mm-hmm. and it's not really again i i think i was just so focused on the action of it all because that's what i was expecting that i really lost a lot of the nuances and like uh creativity and experimentation it has because it is like a fairy tale um mm-hmm. i mean it's I, I didn't really, that wasn't my first takeaway, but then I was reading some re- reviews and stuff after, and I'm like, oh, of course. How did I miss this? It's a it does sound like it's, the worst Letterboxd review ever. Like, if you guys think about it, tale. Hannah, it's a fairy tale. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, and it's pretty, but it, you know, it's funny though, I didn't even think about that because it's so super obvious. Like, they say yeah. it in the fucking movie 500 times or whatever in a way. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think I was I was so restrictive of what I thought that genre could be when I first watched it that I really didn't give it a chance or give it any credit for any of the other shit it was doing. Has anyone seen the TV show? 
that's the thing i was gonna ask have you because i haven't i feel like again that's another show i feel like people are like clay you going back to our i know for all yeah for all mankind i I just gotta say i heard about it and i was like i don't know who this is for but i'm not sure it's for me even though i love this movie and i just didn't watch it it sort of feels like it's makeup work for people wanting i I mean i don't know if this was like an immediate reaction there was this desire for a sequel and Saoirse mm. in interviews was like I'm down if Joe Wright is down and then Joe Wright's like oh, I got Anna Kernan coming and mm-hmm. and then I think it must just be like Amazon just was interested and then the original uh writer well, they were taking too then, long yeah they were taking too long yeah it's just such um, a funny property to turn into a show exactly yeah to me it's like um picnic at hanging park at hanging rock had a tv show on Amazon Prime it's so strange yeah. um, I can get it because it's like you can take so many episodes just it, you know they would be so focused on like flashbacks I, again i haven't seen the show so fuck if i know but like <laughs> oh what was the research facility like what were the kind of things they were trying to do yeah they secret? would just go into like different parts just, that have yeah. no explanation there's like slow slow reveals it's just like i like hannah DNA. because i like the style of the film i like the original idea right. and i like the actors attached so why would i watch yeah. the show that has none of those things i did not watch the show obviously but it was one of those things that i think i was like threatening myself of watching it and then those kind of like in the reaction was pretty like mixed and like mid like eh, it was fine i was kind of mm-hmm. like all right i think i'm gonna skip this one uh, I, and so it's done now. The third and final season was in 2021. Yeah. Um, which kind of makes me want to watch it in the sense of like, okay, it's like third, three mm-hmm. seasons of kind of like short. I think the first two are eight episodes, last one six. And I couldn't, I couldn't really find out if that was always the plan to have it three seasons, but who knows? I think the last season was written as a final season because I think that was how it was renewed as a final season. Um, but if it, I don't know. I, it kind of that idea of maybe it being like a pretty like A to B arc of like a story rather than just like who knows how many more seasons we'll get. We need to keep the plot running. So that has made me interested in watching it. I still probably won't watch it. Right, right, right. Um, Cassie, what's your relationship with Sersha? Sersha Ronan. Yeah. Um, how am I doing our pronunciations? Oh, fine. I mean, okay. I'm as I just on the record, I'm an American, like right, right, right. Yeah, it's just um, <laughs> Jack's the only filthy Irish here, so no, listen, oh. I am Irish as we've just gone over. But... Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. <laughs> no, no, you're fine, you're fine. I am, uh, but I'm born and raised in the states, so I'm not going to represent the pr- pronunciation, but yes, uh, so just... the great state of New Jersey. Great state of New Jersey, yeah. yeah. All right, well, let's all calm down. I've just started working with a Sorka. Um, so there's a lot of like iterations, versions of that. And that's spelled S-O-R-C-H-A. And you oh, think that, that you're like, oh, is that like Sersha? And some some women pronounce that Sersha and some just say Sorka and some Sorka. Anyway, there's a lot of like different ways to spell and pronounce that name. But okay. yes, Sersha Ronan. Um, well, I won't get into another movie, but I did just see, see how they run. Mm-hmm. Um, which i hear is bad (laughs) does not exist no good good. i just went because i have the equivalent of movie pass here so i see everything oh Um, this that's right yes uh sersha god yeah i mean as i think i mentioned like atonement very important to me at a young age really Mm -hmm. love atonement famously sersha ronan is the like devil incarnate and yeah. like her character you're just like ah 
<laughs> Bryony, the worst. Um, so she sells being a creepy, evil little girl uh, pretty well. Um, and then I've just, you know, we've grown up alongside her. Like we have watched her grow as we have grown. Yeah. So I think really just she has someone I've always admired and been curious about. I'm a, I'll go on the record as a fan of Lady Bird. Um, Brooklyn Whoa. is not my favorite movie, but not because it's bad, just because I don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very. I won't. I won't get into politics. It's not. <laughs> it's not politically the best. Um, I forget the politics of that movie. What's the? It's just. The it's just a bit. It's just a bit like. The American Dream. Yeah. Like, it's fine. It's also just like she's so deeply repressed. And then the whole movie feels like it's also kind of repressed as a result. Oh, okay. Like it's just very yeah. PG, but in a way that's like, that's the way you should be. And I'm like, okay. Like it's just the it's I don't s- love the narrative. Got it. It's but been it's seven beautiful. years since I've seen that yeah, movie. I haven't watched yeah. it in ages. It feels like one of those things that's sort of caked into that award season and doesn't really have a longevity outside. Right. It. It, there's no real no one's like. I don't think no one's gonna choose thinking. Brooklyn for us. I'm yeah, I don't confident. know if anyone's still like Brooklyn. What a motion yeah. picture. Um, um yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I love um Colm Tobin, who's the author who wrote mm-hmm. Brooklyn, yeah. and I, I love his work and I love the his books, and I just think the adaptation doesn't really like bring all of that alive, but she she does a good job. Um, yeah, I've always loved Sersha. Follow her. I, I think it's funny now where she's like, she's not doing too much. I mean, Little Women, fantastic. She's not doing too much. She's making like one movie a year at the moment. It seems like she's kind of trying to experiment with different styles and genres. And I like to see that she's doing comedy and that she's trying. I think it's really funny that like she's done a few action thriller things but hannah's really the one that comes to mind mm-hmm. and i know she did that ridiculous the um stephanie myers adaptation at some point as well which i don't think i've seen so maybe i shouldn't call it ridiculous but i did read the book uh back in the day so yeah i just love you know i i think she's i wish her well i think she's a great yeah. actress she's very <laughs> she's very uh she's a chameleon for sure yeah yeah i mean she's certainly like one of the strongest screen presences to really blossom in the 2010s, I think it's interesting that in some of the interviews in Hannah, you'll see her strangely asked about comedies. And then right now, like see how the run is still in theaters, at least in the US. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, no, you're right about how selective she has been in her career. And it's like, you know, she hasn't done that much uh, during the pandemic. It's really just like French Dispatch. She has like that cameo in, but even then that True. was shot before the pandemic. I mean, if listen, um, I had if I was that level of an actor, I would not right. be exerting myself. That's true. Yeah. Like you know, she's 25, 26, and like four Oscar yeah. noms. Like, yeah, you know, everyone loves her. Uh, we've previously covered Lady Bird, but like eons ago. Yes, yeah. Worth re- re- reiterating that, like, uh, no, just Good one movie. of our strongest actors. And uh, my first uh, exposure was like another role similar to atonement in regards to like its size with grand budapest hotel i was like who is this oh of course it's interesting i just looked at her filmography and i'm like oh she this is kind of bad i mean it's like there are good movies in here but it's mostly things where it's just like does this even exist like i don't know but i think she's someone who's really defined by a few really major really strong i think that's the thing i think that when you're young she was acting a lot she's a she's a she's a child like she's a child but even recently like mary's Mm. queen of scots that doesn't really exist 
um see how they run that was a um something called unchesel beach unchesel beach is a really really bad movie mm-hmm. um very bad movie and Ammonite seagull. didn't go anywhere, but people thought Ammonite that's going to be a thing. Ammonite did not love yeah. Ammonite. No. The, the seagull? The, the seagull? Seagull. The seagull, yeah. Uh, you she, know, she, it, is, so, she, is, she definitely falls into this trap of doing adaptations that aren't very strong, I think. But then she gets, she hits gold sometimes. So. But it's just one of those things. It's like, I consider her as one of our finest actors, but her filmography is just not great. It's actually not... I mean, it's fun. I mean, oof. yeah, it's very um, strange that she's not going to be in Barbie. She's supposed to. Yeah, yeah she was supposed to, but supposed to yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I don't. I, I don't know. I feel like Robbie. Or wait, wait. She's supposed to be Robbie. No, no. She, she was, was going to be another very version. Many oh yeah. Okay. That was oh, I was going to yeah. say like that. Yeah. It's like that's, obviously that's Margot's part. Like I don't know yeah. how it could. Have been. I mean, but then again, it's like you offer up the the question of like, okay, like is she just what's what's going to happen when she branches out of. Greta Gerwig and you know I think Cassie is right on that she's defined by to me at least I think her strongest work is Joe March and um for every iconic role it's it's like then you have like okay well Ammonite didn't work but then you have this other strong juicy performance at the center well so like we got Atonement, Hannah, uh, Grand Budapest, Lady Bird, Little Women, yeah, I mean those are the good ones. Yeah, I mean Christine infringed. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, like there was, it, it, there was, you know, like Mary Queen of Scots was supposed to be six or whatever, and Atonement was supposed to be another one of those, but it was all of them. Yeah, were just I think her. Like, I think yeah. the definitions are Atonement, the start of her career, but like a mm-hmm. massive success. Obviously, the Oscar nomination. Um, I Hannah question mark around it. I mean, I obviously think it's a strong performance, but it's not. But like it has cultural relevance. It yeah, obviously yeah. has like. Cultural but then, and then relevance. the other tent pole is Brooklyn, and then the other tent pole is Lady Bird, and then the other one. So I'm just saying, getting getting a massive tent pole movie every three years isn't isn't bad for at 28. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, I'm not saying she has a bad career. Yeah. I just again, it was just one of those things where you think about. I don't know you think about like you, you just assumed because like oh yeah they're such a, an amazing actress their body of work must be incredible just in your yeah. head yeah, yeah and then you, you don't look you at, don't like you have to you look at yourself it on, the misses right. yeah, so, yeah. yeah and you look at it on paper it's like oh this is like few and far between um even though she's never really given a bad performance I haven't seen one I haven't been watching I'm, I'm not the like, strongest ah. judge of performances there's been movies that I thought that she was really quite she, that were really quite bad movies that she was I think, yeah. doing her best like I mean, she's the best part of see how they run yeah and i mean it's she clear that like it. directors like her right she's in a few of the uh late works of amy heckerling peter weir pete jackson uh obviously joe wright and then you know sort of blossoms into an yeah. adult oh we just forgot the lovely bones yeah we just didn't discuss yeah. the lovely bones. sorry <laughs> right. no. no no um I-, I would like to forget the lovely bones okay. as well so would Sam yeah. Tucci. imagine yeah Tucci. you know um and she's fantastic here where you can't really see i mean you can't see anyone else like i didn't see anyone else that was like offered hannah and then they were like no thank you and then this was pretty much her from the start bringing in joe wright um and then banna and blanchett fall fall suit I can't. Yeah, I mean, maybe Taylor Joy. I was gonna say if it was made now, it would be on a Taylor Joy, but it, you know, mm. for the time. Because I think it has to be someone who's like a weirdo, like I and, and not to be like you need and, a freak. Like, yeah, you kind of because you need to have that person who like the 
family looks at and is like, who the fuck are you? Like, it's like, what are you doing here? Like, you well, look yeah, like she's, I mean, ghost. she has that bleach blonde hair and the costuming and the makeup, I think is really strong in the film. Obviously it's not just like, she has those blue eyes and the bleach mm-hmm. brows and she's very, mm-hmm. very, very like an alien kind of beautiful. It's a quality. striking look. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. yeah. Which is funny because she doesn't do that anywhere else. Like that's not. No, that's That's true. like a regular yeah. day for Anya Taylor. Right? Yeah, that's <laughs> not a regular day for Sergio. That's a good point. No, yeah. and and I like that. You know, you'll see, Sersha, of course, like natural. I think naturally blonde and and like yeah, she is. She'll, like, she'll like have you'll carry on these different looks throughout other roles. Like of course the short red bob and ladybird. Like I feel like that's pretty tied to that Christine mm-hmm. character. Yeah. Yeah, I want to see more Sersha. I don't know. I'm ready. Like, give me I mean, all. She has. I, she has stuff ahead of her. One thing I think is interesting is that she's um, someone who I, I think this is par, par for the course for for certain child actors who are women, but that she's never had anything that has been the first like sexually kind of like I am a sex symbol kind of in this film was Ammonite, but it's not like a sexy movie. She's right, just right, having right. sex because that's about it's a ro- it's a romantic film. But she's never been like a sex object, and she's like com- very much strayed from that in the way that mm-hmm. she's marketed herself, and the way that her you know team has marketed her, and the way that mm-hmm. the way she's she played a prostitute, and she hasn't been. A yeah, sex but that's symbol. that's what I'm saying. But like, she, but it's the most like you don't remember that detail. Something no, I, her, yeah, her body yeah, yeah. or her her like look, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. So I think that she. Um, it's just a unique performer in that way for women now with with the roles that she gets to choose honestly probably and the way that she is like positioned but I do wonder if she will kind of I wonder if she has like or even like Brooklyn is a romantic drama and it's just not the way that she's positioned within it is not as the kind of sexual object like she's the no it's all she's the she's the she's the protagonist always so I wonder if she would be in something that was more kind of adult romantic yeah well i can tell yeah. you her three upcoming projects if you want to hear. she's working with steve mcqueen right she's one? working with steve mcqueen yeah, on a story of london about a, Lond- a group of londoners during the events of the british capital bombing of world war ii guessing yeah. for that's what sexy for what streaming service apple oh, tv oh really you back to, to uh, yeah they they're getting well, i would too if i if amazon fucked me over on that small act shit um <laughs> right <laughs> fucking a group of one years during Mm -hmm. the events of the british capital bombing award too so yeah i'm guessing that's not a sexy movie but who knows um (laughs) the outrun when amy liptop and limp trot returns to orkney after more than a decade away she is drawn back to the outrun on the sheep farm where she grew up nice cool all right that's 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 her current photo (laughs) that's your Directed by Nora, oh man, I don't know how to pronounce this. Uh, Finkscheid. Uh, she's a she's a German. Um, oh, don't recognize her name. No, neither do I. She directed everyone's favorite movie, The Unforgivable, starring starring uh, Sandra Bullock. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's who Sersha uh, is run, working with. And then the third movie is called. Foe, F-O-E, set yes, slightly in the future. Yeah. Um, yes, set slightly in the future after severe climate change yes, has ruined exactly. farmland, a farmer and his wife struggle on one of the last remaining farms until a knock on the door changes things. Directed by uh, Garth uh, Davis, a.k.a. Yeah. Lion and Mar- Mar- uh, Mary Ma- uh, 
Jesus Christ, Mary Magdalene fame. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm excited for one of those projects. Garth Davis is um, Owen on the Irish actors. Aaron P- uh, Aaron Aaron Pierre of um, Underground Railroad and old fame is going to be in that. I hope she plays. I hope he plays the husband. Similar to Saoirse Ronan. It's been eons ago since we've talked about Kate Blanchett in anything. Uh, last our last time was <laughs> our last time was Carol. Um, oh really? Because I remember that episode. We were trying to find a Christmas movie, and it's like there are no Christmas movies this decade, or, or at least no co- iconic ones. Nothing that mattered. Nothing that matters. Except exactly. Carol. Exactly. And yeah, but no, she pops up here. Very, very good. Very, you know, um, lots of decisions going on. I, I like the thing with the teeth. That's lots of decisions. Yeah, yeah that, that's a good blender. And um, yeah, and she's about to win another Oscar with Blue Jasmine. Mm. Uh, what do we think of her no. run this decade? <laughs> I, I know. I, I, was, I was just trying to think of, like, out loud. About... <laughs> anyway. Um... <laughs> That wasn't um, that was my brightest moment. Um, God, that's uh, it just my brain just goes like I like the hat, but that's from right, Carol. Right, right, I actually yeah. can't remember her. Yeah, line that's Carol. Yeah. The one line that plays on my um a loop in my head from Hannah is the little girl, I don't know the actor actor who plays that her 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 friend, but he goes, She's from Sri Lanka. <laughs> she's yeah, so yeah, yeah, like expl- yeah. she like finds her and she's mute. <laughs> so she's mute and she's from Sri Lanka. Um because MIA is from Sri Lanka Sri Lanka. Yes, and right. you know MIA didn't speak English till she was a and you obviously yes. don't speak English so she must be from Sri Lanka. Sri Thank Lanka. you. I love yes, love the logic. Exactly. I love the logic. I um, I like that actress who plays Sophie though because it kind of feels like they're from a different movie but yet it kind of fits. Totally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Kate Blanchett, I like just I she's giving such a very strange performance that I think I think adds a lot to the movie and does a lot because it's just this very surrealist quality of like her wig is bright red and her teeth are mm-hmm. perfect and she is obsessively clean and she never we never really understand why like there's this kind of to me there's this kind of unresolved sense of like investment in parenting childhood like it's implied that she's single and she doesn't have children so like it's almost like surrogacy thing and obviously she's trying to shut down this mission because she did genetics wrong and that's illegal and you know it's like they shut down the project so she's trying to uh you know save her ass but you never like get her character just like this odd kind of she's she's a villain and obviously villains aren't always the most developed and I think but I like what she does with the little that she's kind of given and this is coming after um i'm not there where she's one of the variations of bob dylan and you can see that this is like her a few years removed from that and she's you know got this reputation and a fascination with being a chameleon now and like a few years after hannah is manifesto that movie where she's playing like a bunch of characters and like you know i can picture the poster it's like the tiles of of the you know the ensemble that's just like starring Kate Blanchett and Kate Blanchett with Kate Blanchett. Um, but here, yeah, she like stands out because of like the different mannerisms that um, Eric Bana and Saoirse Ronan are doing, especially with, like with the way that um, Marissa is confronting death. Again, I notice a lot of times she like look away or close her eyes whenever she has to enact violence, what rather than Bana and, or uh, 
you know, uh, Eric and Hannah, like they're just sort of like very, very like violent and prepare for this, even though like, I think that they have a, a bit, a big heart with their characters as well. And it's also the fundamental thing that you're going through where it's like, she's like fighting. A, I think it's this interesting thing where fundamentally it's about Hannah and Hannah's like, transhuman like Hannah's like not just a human being and then mm-hmm. Kate Blanchett's supposed to is this like kind of also kind of meets her at this level where it's like she is just a lady but why is she like this and she's just doing so much and th- I think there's I mean she's just a, I mean she's such a strong actor that there is a lot of pathos even though she could just be like a comic book villain here. yeah um that's true she could just be yeah ridiculous. she infuses a lot in the role yeah um, um I love the flashback scene with the, yeah when they kill good. Vicky Crepes yeah, I was just gonna say, I was just gonna bring her up too. Yeah, I completely forgot about Joanna. For a minute, yeah, when I, I saw I, I her no idea. on the cast list, I'm like, oh yeah, she must have like that's right. I think she plays uh, maybe like the mother of the uh, of the um, of the road oh, trip people. Sophie's yeah, or mother. something. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. or something like that. Because I'm like, well, she must have like a role in this. And then it's like, I mean, she still kind of does, but it's also yeah. like she get like her main role is to die. So. It's one of those things where I was just like, like the dead oh, wife okay. flashback. Yeah. The right, dead right, wife. Right, right. We love a surprise Vicky Crepes. Yeah. Um, also, the surprise Michelle Dockery. The surprise uh, Olivia Williams. Uh, lovely screen presence. Wish she was in more movies. Yeah, I think yeah. she's the theater actress. But yeah. Have you seen Corsage, by the way? The new. I haven't Vicky actually. Crepes? No, that looks, looks good. Um, Can I? Do you guys want to know something crazy? Mm hmm. Yes. How old do you think um, Jessica Barden, the actress who played Sophie, was when she made that movie? Much older than she seems. Eighteen. Yeah, seventeen, right? Eighteen. Because I, I think that her her she in, looks uh, like a ten year old. She's like yeah. she, t- eighteen or not ten, but you know what I mean. Like it's yeah. Oh, that That's makes sense though, because the, the action of the film is her like going in a motorcycle and kissing boys and stuff so i think legally good good that she's probably a good call good that probably she's over call. 18 or over good that she's you know an adult but that is true she does play annoying like 15 14 15 year olds pretty well i just i don't know for some reason i'm like you're sure like <laughs> it's so funny uh, yeah but now and now she's like 30 and i'm just like what I, I think just the message of Hannah is to not trust anyone because the minute Hannah opens up and is like, we're going to Berlin and they like torture it. They don't even, they don't feel like they're even tortured out of them. They're just like, they're going to Berlin. Yeah. The message of Hannah also, I can't stop thinking about this ever since the idea was brought up in the show. But when Vinnie Mancuso was here for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, he brought up the idea that many movies, if not all, but most, are about the loss of innocence. <laughs> and that also That's very here. funny. That's very funny. That's very I hate funny. it. Because it's like, every yeah, every movie is about the loss of innocence. That's very funny. <laughs> and Vinny always stays in our heart. Award-winning director, Vinny. Yeah, seriously. Congrats. Man. Um, I... <laughs> I find it so funny. I mean, I think the fish out of water stuff is really fucking effective. I mean, maybe my favorite line. She plays like movie. blank canvas very well. Just like, yeah, sort of. Yeah. My favorite line of the whole movie is probably when they're at the dinner uh, with the family and like, oh, my God. Yeah. You know, like she, she, 
yeah it's like oh <laughs> three you know, bolts oh, to the chest oh my mother my mother is dead and like, oh what did she die of three bullets and mm. uh dude has a spit take it's she i that when i watched that when i saw that scene i'm like okay i can kind of see a show here because it would just be more of that shit it would be more of just like her interacting in like daily mundane life and being like a kook or whatever. Like, I think that would be, I would watch that. I would watch I'm just a remembering movie. the scene of her in Morocco as well, where she's like really afraid of electronics. Like she's like, that scene is electronics. so good. It's crazy. And she's like the like, fan electric- and the lights. Right. And she, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the camera starts going crazy. There's a lot crazy. of world building through the whole yeah. movie. And then, so that's fair. Like it does kind of create this like interesting world. And then it's like, well, that's all you get. Cause it's just kind of like a very contained narrative. Um, right and i I, so again like yeah i can see like a show from that um not necessarily mean a show i want to watch but like a show um but i know all that shit is really really effective i mean the whole idea of that she's been preparing so long and memorizing all these facts about like who she is that the moment someone challenges her she's like i'm from leipzig a population of 0.7 million people like all this fucking shit and it's always funny it's just and it's really one of those things where you kind of think about like, Eric, did you not kind of tell her she doesn't need to say all this? Like, I yeah, don't think you yeah. prepared her all that well. Like for, this, for someone who's been so focused on being prepared, it's like she I don't think he really like actually like let, let her like the nuances of human interaction. Uh, Can we talk about Tom Hollander as well in this? Because he's he's like the real villain. villain yeah. You know, Tom Hollander, very small guy so he's very threatening like his like presence is very funny. very good in uh, pride and prejudice as well it's very true yes mm-hmm. yeah that's true joe wright favorite tom hollander he's like t- he's like weird so i think that's really the the tom hollander stuff is interesting the the, the sort of the, his his literal gang of skinheads that work out of a uh it's not a drag bar but like there's they they come up against Something. a lot of things that are very very like adults and quite violent in a way that is i think to a degree kind of homophobic they kind of like touch against things and being like that's scary and for adults and then they're like but this is you're safe with this perfect family yeah, a little yeah. bit it like plays into tropes about and, and, it, like, especially underground societies thing. yeah yeah, the bar thing. yeah 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 which yeah, i think yeah. is really funny but i because it touches against it but it they do make him and his goonies like very menacing and part of that is certainly the music and part of that certainly his acting which is really strong but it's such an interesting character to introduce to like what is essentially a it's not a children's film but it is like a it's kind of focused yeah would you show this young girl that's interesting no show it to uh, stabs people I don't know how old I was when I would have. I, I I don't think it's frightening. Like I was scared of things when I was quite young, but I think I probably saw, I probably saw this when I was a young teen, like I said, fourteen or something. But I would have I watched it at ten. Her, and fine. I think her snapping that that woman's neck is pretty gnarly. Like that's like because one, the woman poses mm. real no no real threat. She comes off as innocent, and then with like a straight face, just fucking. <clears throat> Yeah. yeah i don't know for me things that scared me as a kid were very much about the way they were presented so if something was like supposed to be scary it was scary. for sure and if something was just happening i'm like i don't care i think because of the pg-13 rating yeah. obviously yeah. like it's a little bit more suited for for young kids but yeah if it were to have right, an r no. like yeah exactly yeah um, yeah so it was maybe a bit obvious but i think it's really funny because they come up against that because it's pg-13 so there's a lot of insinuated also there's the insinuation uh, of this kind of sinister 
because they because obviously so much of the film leads into like the grim fairy tales and there's like a man who protects children who's like tortured to death like it becomes incredibly dark at the end and it touches against very like people out to kill children as like themes even though and ultimately she's like a child who's being tracked down to be killed so it is that kind of like menacing fairy tale of like every like adults are not to be trusted and like young people and teenagers have to like protect themselves which i think is interesting and kind of unique and sometimes it, it doesn't always work but i think makes it something that's a bit more kind of a more yeah. unique take on the genre yeah. it's not a huge the whole pg-13 versus r rating is not a huge issue i'm probably exaggerating a little bit but you know it's just like when i saw that one shot of um eric banna about to like shove a metal rod into tom hollander is it yeah it's tom hollander right that's tom his, hollander yeah 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 when he's about to like basically what's the word what's i can't believe i'm forgetting the word of when you like penetrate someone with like it's not decapitation because that's when you cut off the head when you when you stab someone i have no idea uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, but he's basically about to shove this metal rod into Tom Hollander in what would probably be a very bloody uh, bloody yeah. scene. And it just cuts away. And it's like, he's right. on the playground. And then you see him going around the merry-go-round. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's just also, um, it's just like Germany is evil. Like it's like Berlin is like, it's yeah, also playing yeah, yeah. on tropes about Berlin and Germans. And it's clearly for like an American and international audience. What's that? Grim fairy tales German? Yeah, exactly. That, and they yeah, are yeah. German characters. So like it all makes sense. It's just very right. like industrial. No, it's bizarre. Berlin nightclub. It's like bizarre. you're going to die. Yeah, yeah. Like it's very. That, I mean, yeah. Like the danger of Berlin yeah. kind of reminds me of like, like it's sort of, it's sort of like the things that I roll my eyes at with when we covered Atomic Blonde. There's like, mm-hmm. okay, this good is things. like clearly like set yeah, dressing. It's um, playing into trips about. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> okay. A good movie. It's complicated. Uh, but good. I think Enchant. that Joe Wright, God bless, did an interview with uh, past and future guest Dan Mecca on their podcast the b-side and when Cerno was coming out Cerno oh. my beloved uh Cerno he loves Cerno. Roxanne of course uh and he was talking about how it. uh it's it's I think you would like it a lot um and he was talking about like pan and he didn't realize like okay maybe this one didn't work and then he went into the intention with pan with making a movie for his kids which you hear that from a lot with the director from yeah. directors when they're trying to make something suitable for younger audiences but it's like you know i think that kind of makes sense but i think it makes more sense kind of here and they don't spend as much time with hannah as they do pan because they think of pan as more of the b-side than they do hannah if anybody doesn't know what that pod is it's talking about like you know lesser known films from like actors careers than like the movies they made in between the the ones that are more famous but anyway for joe wright they more talked about pan soloist as his b-sides but um yeah in relation for like pan being the one that he made for his kids i think this one always also well he also has said that like he was inspired by his dyslexia for hannah in a way of just like his his feeling of abnormality and the idea of processing information in a different way I, i think i'm I, I might be paraphrasing or manufacturing that thing, that last part of what I just said, but, um, but the idea of, I don't know, like the idea of narrative being more, um, 
oh, man, I forget the quote. I fucking read it. Well, whatever. But apparently his yeah. his uh, his dyslexia and like how he had to deal with that through childhood for, for, played a role into this, which I kind of was like, oh, I that's surprising. But I also kind of understand that idea of being, I don't know, like that. Yeah. Abnormality, I think. And how she's so fucking like. She's really. Well, she had, she had a different experience than everyone around her growing up and she has to but also how sensitive she is to that like the moment uh what was i don't forget what sophie said but sophie said like oh what are you weird or like like oh you're like what's are you, are you broken or something and she like no i'm not or like how she like screams she's abnormal to eric in that like confrontational scene like that's something she's very aware of and something really scared of um which is makes sense so that's kind of mm-hmm. I see that like connection in a way because mm-hmm. there is, you know, there is a moment in my life when I just like went with like my learning disabilities, with, like, you know, like dysgraphia, dyslexia, some like, you know, ADHD nonsense. And it's just like, you kind of do feel like broken in a way in the sense of, cause you just compare yourself to everyone else. And you're like, and you know, there's been this issue that hasn't been addressed until I finally got diagnosed with it. And I remember there was a time when I like was kind of like screaming to my mom, like, I'm, you know, so I'm like slow, I'm broken, there's something wrong with me. And like when I was in like, I don't know, like fifth, fifth grade and that kind of remind. And so him saying that and me thinking about the scene of her like screaming that she's abnormal to Eric Bana kind of like connected that. So it's interesting because it's very much like, yes, learning disabilities are hard and a lot of people have them, but it's just, it's a very huge leap from like genetically engineered super soldiers to learning disability that like a lot of people have. Um, but it is, it, it's just funny to me, just like seeing that, just like the little details you can put into a film. Yeah. How would you describe this character and, and the film itself to someone? Cause I'm, ha- I'm having trouble categorizing it. It's- I kind of like that about it, to be honest with you. I kind of like the kind of, um, uh, that it doesn't really, it defies genre categorization. Um, uh, I guess it's a. I guess you could kind of say it was a, a kind of fairy tale thriller, action, drama mm-hmm. with suspense and humour, uh, and it doesn't really exist um, uh, on this plane. <laughs> That's a mouthful. Yeah. And she, uh, her character. Oh, the character, yes. Is. Yeah. Like almost like an alien that fell to earth or something. Yeah, I mean that was that was uh, what I really liked about the film uh, uh, initially was this the the kind of um, opportunity her otherness affords us to see the world uh, with sort of fresh eyes. I really I really enjoy those kind of characters like um, Chauncey Gardner and being there would be an example, or or even E.T. Um, there's something very special about. Um, the man, or in this case, the teenage girl who fell to earth. Yeah, and there's a dichotomy too because she's an innocent and yet she's a survivalist. Yeah, absolutely. And there's there's a kind of uh, I really enjoyed that contrast, and especially you know this this very angelic looking uh, kid uh, who's then able to be quite deadly. I thought was quite quite fun. But in a way, the action stuff is kind of. Um, uh, obviously very important to the entertainment uh, value but it's kind of of little consequence thematically really. Mm-hmm. One of the first things we did in, in rehearsals um, 
uh, was to work on her physicality as a, a, a um, as a creature and and to think about how she moved and and or especially how she didn't move very much but was very still and then very quick when she needed to be and, and very balanced and centered and good posture and all of these things uh, the physicality informed the the character um, to to a large like extent. the actors to uh, to leave space for the audience to project their own emotion and their own understanding. And the scenes when she uh, meets the family and sees what a real family interaction mm. is supposed to be, those were quite touching. Yeah, I mean, that's something she's never had before, and and um, uh, I guess she's privileged in some ways and, and, and not in others. And, uh, and also, I think, you know, she's never encountered women before, and mm. the film is very much... Um, uh, uh, about being a young woman and, and what it is to be a young woman or, or uh, in the 21st century and so um, uh, she's particularly fascinated by these female characters and, and, and how she, you know, she kind of knows that she's one of them but doesn't really understand. I just think it's funny also just talking about what Joe Wright has talked about as drawing for his inspiration don't really understand where he got lynch from i don't know if you guys already keep saying that i know i'm like do we There's do no we way. how did you get there my man so i think it's funny yeah. <laughs> i think it's funny to always hear i mean to be fair like every i think sometimes it's easy for, for us to think of artists or whether they're writers or directors to think of them as being like obviously they're just people that consume a media to a very high degree <laughs> the same way that we all do so they all have like various influences that are obviously not maybe fully direct you know I think there's a lot of us who consume broadly and then maybe something will inspire that so I think to say oh you know I would you know you could get very abstract with that kind of sense of inspiration I think it's a bit bold to 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 call to invoke David Lynch in your I, know, I don't think yeah. anyone should really do that themselves and maybe let someone else say that about your work but then if to say that I just I really I really don't really get it because it's like emotionally like the only thing possible is like some of the themes when you talk about honestly like childhood trauma like that's the only stuff that like yeah lynch also cares about like childhood like abuse of children and like yeah. the way that children like the failure of parenting the world, the failure of yeah. like some yeah. of those themes i'm like yeah but then i'm like you're right didn't write this so i'm no, just exactly like, yeah so I like really I, get it i saw a similar quote to yeah. what cassidy is um uh bringing up who the yeah this is joe right he said that he was influenced by personal exposure every day as he grew up violent dark cautionary fairy tales that prepare children for obstacles in the wilder worlds as well as a deep love of mystical qualities of david lynch movies what like, by the patterns of narrative <laughs> i know right they prefer yeah and then he also talks about dyslexia and what yeah Clay which is all but, very i think it's all interesting <laughs> but there's there's a very this is a very narratively pretty yeah. pretty clear-cut movie <laughs> I know, yeah. It, it doesn't have like Lynchian, you know, mysticism or. You it's know, not like mean, Wandavision. What? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm joking. That's, I, that's funny. Some that's people funny. don't understand if that's ironic. No, that's very funny. I promise yeah. you, it's ironic. Do we think the movie is underrated in 2022, or? Oh yeah. Prop- oh, yeah. Properly should... rated. I mean, it made 60 mil. It did. It, it cost, made its budget it cost back. Thirty. Yeah. It, yeah. but like it should. It's crazy because, again, it's one of those, it was kind of like attack the block in a way in my head where I'm just like, okay, yeah, that movie made like, right. like 
80 worldwide or 80 or like 100 worldwide because that was like a smash hit because it was like one of those unexpected you know cinderella stories then you look at it like oh no i mean like 60 and, and it's like, funny and, yeah. um especially movies in the early half of the 2010s rather than the later half i'm like huh i wonder how this would do today as opposed to when it did come out and i think we kind of know <laughs> it would go on amazon i think, it would, I think well, right. I, th- I, I feel like think, it, I think it wouldn't get made. I know it's hard to it's hard to take act, the actors out of context, of course, because we only know them in the context that we we saw we see them. But as a concept, I think it's actually quite challenging. And I agree with you that I think it would probably be more likely to go to series. But as a script, it's a little it's a little weird because it is that audience is very like it's not certainly not for everyone, and it's certainly yeah. challenging genre norms. Because everyone Don't. is hungry for film adapted into TV, like uh, *Lethal Weapon* and *Black Narcissus*. That's what I. Or, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't. I don't think Joe Wright's *Hannah* would be made today, but I do think a more mm. like mm-hmm. eight, uh, eighty-seven or it was what's the Chahelsky uh, Leach and Stahelski, uh production company that did *Nobody* and. I- 8711 some shit like that in atomic bond whatever yeah. i can see them making this and it being more straightforward they do and more train to action focused um i don't think so that's true i could see hannah in that vein and i just yeah. don't see yeah i don't see joe Wright's hannah i see no I see joe Wright's hannah going sense. in a different direction visually yeah. and because it, it he again he it, like we talked about it's all he's not has no real in my opinion I, and i don't want to be con I don't want to minimize the action that is that is in here because I think it's effective and well done, but I truly don't think that is his real focus in the film. And I don't no, know. And if I think he particularly I think fundamentally cares. it's a I think it's a as you've said before, like it's a I think it's a thriller that right. is also a coming of age story. And then the action elements are just there because she's a child soldier. So they could be you can really lean on the child soldier thing, but it definitely doesn't. It uses that to kind of think about that like the in a more ethical sense like i really think it's more like an ethical it's more interesting the ethics of that than it is about the uh logistics of 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 that oh, but it is a little clearest... false because the beginning is very actiony i realized that you kind of tone that down because but like the clearest the time that the action is shot the most straightforward and in the clearest most visible way possible meaning you're seeing every impact you're seeing every counter move seen in the, every in the berlin in the in the subway no I, not even that one because there are times when the camera will move around mm. and it will like go by a pillar and stuff and obscure things i'm talking about when she is um fighting that dude in the like in the shipping con- uh shipping container yard oh yeah and when yeah 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 but no but not that whole scene, it's only one part where like the camera really like stays where it is mm. and actually shows like the full fluid mo- movements of all of the combat. And that is when um, uh, Sophie walks up and witnesses Hannah doing this. That's the only time where it's all just like, let's take a breather. Let's look at all of this because the point of that scene is not, uh, I mean, and I'm not breaking ground here, but the point of the scene is not the fucking action is what Sophie is seeing the you know, the savagery and fucking, mm-hmm. Uh, like deadliness and lethality is lethality a word yeah sure yeah but uh, how fucking deadly she is and that's what sophie's seeing and basically the the, and how it's so it's so effortless with hannah 
Like she has no facial expressions as she is like, you know, basically doing a counter move, grabbing the knife away from him, like slashing his slashing his chest three or four different times, slitting his throat, stabbing, stabbing him once and then stabbing him twice. And he's she's just dead in the eyes and just takes care of him like it's fucking easy. Like it is like a, it, it's like cutting butter and how fucking like Sophie's back there just like whole like just like speechless and doesn't know what to do and is scared and leaves that's the only time because that's the thing it's that he cares about what the action is saying not what it actually is doing he doesn't really care if like what is emotionally martial... char- it's like hmm. it's like sort of yeah it's all emotionally charged, charged. it's all uh, it's all energy it's all yeah. like story based it's all plot it's all like you know and he i mean it's uh, it's like aesthetically pleasing too i mean it's shot well but it's very much not, he doesn't care about what kind of fighting move she's doing, what kind of like, what's the coolest thing that she can do. And like, if she's flipping around, jumping around or whatever, it's just like these real quick uh, scenes of just brutality. It, it sort of reminds me of like the war scenes in Atonement where they're sort of not the focus of the movie yet they're so pivotal because he's such a um, an actor's director. That he's like more focused on, performance i think he's directed theater that's i guess that i actually don't know much about his experience with theater but i believe it yeah (laughs) that would make he kind of seems like a theater guy more than a music video uh that is true yeah he doesn't seem like a spike jones or michelle gondry what have you that i think of you know anyhow well it is funny because like this is his music video movie and then anacrona is his stage movie like he like you know like this is movies very much influenced by like music music video language it's crazy i've done like i don't know if like a 180 but i'm like oh yeah this movie fucking rules i love this this is like incredible and from just like going from like i didn't like it or i wasn't (laughs) impressed to like oh this is awesome i love it i mean you were seven you're 17 yeah it's like well well and like i've said very stupid would we like to get some favorite scene? How's that sound? Sure. Yeah. I have cool. two, so you guys go first. Okay. Because I... um, Jack, you go Cassie, first. please. Oh. No, you do go first. <laughs> get, no, you. Go you. This, I feel like we're holding a door open for each other. Yeah. Uh, I will I will say, um, I have I have like so many options now. Um, the family dinner with Sophie's family with with Hannah. I think it's very funny. Uh, the movie has very specific sense of humor. Um, uh, like most Joe Wright movies where it's sort of like played situationally rather than like having a consistency that is trying to like say something with its humor written into the script. Um, and no, it's, it's like the joke though that we, we mentioned before, like her mom being shot or like, you know, uh, Rachel having this admiration for uh, Hannah going on this, this like, almost journey of self-discovery yet like we don't know if she should be blamed for for admiring this style of parenting and yet like she's very guarded around sophie um yes it's very good mom is against plastic surgery i am mom doesn't even wear makeup i don't i think it's dishonest this is my face take it or leave it if you study 
history of art or anthropology. Rachel you, got a first at Cambridge. You learn that red lipstick mimics arousal and suggests the geography of the labia minora. Puke. Whereas I have a lot of natural red pigment in my lips, and so I really don't need it. Vomitorium. Soph. It's embarrassing. Just grow up, all right? Grow up? Yeah. Oh, because yesterday Mum was saying how she shouldn't act beyond my years. No, it does leave her with mixed messages, darling, because we're trying to communicate to her how to enjoy childhood. I just want her to stop saying vomitorium, all right? Yeah. Oi, it's not funny. So, Hannah, Hannah, quite impressed about you travelling around on your own. My father encourages me to be independent. You see, that's wonderful. I was backpacking at your Where age. is he, your father? I spent a heavenly summer just island hopping around Greece. Bed hopping around Greece. <laughs> what? No, it's valuable. Our experience makes us who we are. Isn't that right, kids? So, Hannah, is your mum and dad still together? My mother is dead. Nice one, Dad. I'm sorry to hear that. I lost my mum when I was very young, so... It's all right. It happened a long time ago. Hannah, what did your mum die of? Three bullets. I think Underrated my favourite scene is... I have quite a few, and also I feel like we've touched on some of them. Mm -hmm. But I would say that my... The one that sticks with me the most is actually the sequence that we that Clay was just talking about, but it's actually the container park, like fight chase scene. And I think that that's funny because you're like, oh, that's just kind of a generic sequence. But I think for me, I, I'm not usually with it on action. Like I don't usually, I don't find action as moving as other sequences. And I just think that that is so effective. And again, it's just, I'm just really sold by the Chemical Brothers score. And I just uh, would listen to that song endlessly. And I just think it's such a cool, I think it's like we've just introduced this like second layer of villains that happen to be skinheads and it's legitimately terrifying and I know that you're like oh she's a child soldier she'll be fine but that this I think the the, the stakes are at a, a point that I really I find really exciting and I just think it looks great and I think it just leans into the music video quality of the of the film and I know that the earlier scene is the most music video-y but I really love that. And I think that that's just, I, I prefer that to some of the quieter moments, even though some of the quieter moments are really quite good. And I just yeah. love that kind of entire sequence. And I think most of it's the music, but I think that they let it, I like the way they lean into it. Thank you. 
I'll definitely be returning to the Chemical yeah. Brothers score. Yeah. Um, my favorite scene is probably since I talked about that escape from the CIA compound so much, I will go with the tracking shot and ensuing fight with Eric Bana once he gets to Berlin off that train. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I love, love, I, I was like pumping my fist leading, not even during the fight, but the lead up to it. Cause it's tracking him through like, you know, going through this train station and the way it would just show in like brief moments. Oh, look, there's a CIA operative hiding mm-hmm. on, on, behind that pillar. Oh, look, there's another one hiding me that pillar and how it would train on Vanna. And you would kind of just see, like he was almost having like the camera be his third eye in a way, like he could sense them. And so like he, at one point he just stops and he just feels something's off and he looks behind him and there's one of them. And then he looks forward again. So he just like instinctively knows and it, you know, it's, and it's all one shot and it just follows him and you can just see his like demeanor change almost rapidly because at first he starts with like being casual and just like trying to act like, okay, I'm just this regular person. I didn't just kill two police officers do, 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 do. And then then he slowly realizes, oh, I'm being hunted. And the the way he goes down, and then he finally goes down that uh, the, uh, the escalator, and he is then surrounded by operatives. And the way he takes them out is pretty dope as well. Uh, that especially the last, it, the score is kicking up at that moment too. Mm-hmm. And then it ends with him throwing a knife at the dude's head. Five stars, cool, like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I I, I, don't, I also love a little detail of him just like grabbing the radio and just asking a question like when did she say that two minutes ago cool all right and then yeah. it's like no one no one's like who are you like i because i feel like as someone who has to use like a radio for their day job um it is one of those things where i feel like it's so funny that people think that a voice is recognizable on a radio when it's really just kind of garbled shit and like you don't even think about you just answer a question before you even really think about who's on the radio so there's, I do that like, so all the, t- all the time, the last click, hey, uh, can I get, uh, is uh, this class ready for snack yet? I'll just, without thinking who it was, like, yes. And that's it. Like, it's just, so I don't know. Uh, but, you know, the whole sequence, it's really well shot. Uh, like you said, Jack, it kind of shows like the seedy belly of Berlin. Uh, not as much as when she gets off the train later, but I mean, anytime like a filmmaker shoots Berlin, it's like a concrete jungle. That's like the most concrete jungle I think there is in the world. Uh, Cause it's all, there's like no color you can find in Berlin besides maybe in the nightclubs yeah. and stuff. It's all just like drab concrete. It's like, definitely not it, Moser in the jungle. Okay. Um, Bringing it all together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but that's my, that's my favorite scene.
Is that what she said? Orders confirmed with her two minutes ago. Great yeah. movie. I'm glad uh, Cassie brought it to, to us. Yes. It was good to thank read you. it. So. Thank you for being well, back. Thank you for Bef having me. Before and... we let you go, I totally forgot to to remind you that Allison messaged me saying for me to remind you that you two watched this on HBO at your parents' house. Wow. <laughs> and wanted um, me to tell you about the core memory. Friend of the pod, Allison Picuro. Um we watched it at my parents' house. I mean, we watched everything at my parents' house. That's, I get, because the thing this is, was just another day. This I is just, just, I mean, she just, we watched everything together. Um, that is really funny. And yeah. I forget how she thinks, what she thinks of Hannah. So I'll have to ask her. <laughs> but I feel like she probably likes it, but maybe not as much or as fervently as I do. Mm -hmm. um, but I will check in. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Thank you for the, the, the shout out. <laughs> yeah, of course um where can everybody find you online or like, what you've been up online? to or what you've coming um, out this is coming out in like early november well i there's nothing new that's happening okay no i just november. you know if you yeah thank you um i am at olson cassidy on twitter because i can't change it to cassidy olson because i'm verified and then i'll let you change your handle um and i i don't follow me unless you want to have every single thing retweeted your way, or you can just turn off my retweets. I am at castnielson.com. I actually have a short film that will be online in November. So actually November, good shout, which will be good uh, to share online. Um, and I, I don't know, I'm in Dublin, Ireland. If you're ever in Dublin, say hi. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I, my Instagram is Cascady Olson. I got to rebrand. I have to like align my, my handles for branding yeah, reasons. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, definitely. Um, thanks for having me. And yeah, it's a pleasure. Back. Yeah. I am um, on Twitter at Jack Age Reaper and uh, I am, I have writing on film at the Boston Hustle as well as this movie being on stars which i got a free trial subscription and then canceled today um how did you guys watch this movie i owned it on itunes for some reason okay oh that's funny it was, it was probably like five bucks i was at, there was a point in my life where i would like buy every movie that i somewhat liked or wanted to watch for five bucks on itunes because it was like that's huh. eh, like one more dollar to rent or whatever yeah that's true yeah but it's that was on irish netflix at the Ooh. Moment. yeah yeah yeah, is I should really Netflix, specify would, when I do this. Like, what is it? A, wait, but is it Netflix with a drinking problem? Is that Irish Netflix? Oh my god! Oh. Not gonna respond to that. It's terrible. All right, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Cassie's not gonna want to come back like ever after that. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, oh, that's all right. That was the nail. Hey, I, I'm pro IRA. Remember, I'm in my IRA. <laughs> right, I right, I, right, right, right. I can I say will... those things. I'm, I'm. This is Florida for the Irish Republican Army. What am I gonna? <laughs> You're in your I, IRA. I, on the record, uh, will not comment about the IRA, by the way. <laughs> that's probably yeah. good. That's probably fair. I, I can yeah, because fair. I have no con no consequences could come to me for my support of the IRA. There's literally nothing that could happen. But obviously, I have no vested interest today. Or, uh, yep, right now, Cassidy is just quietly nodding. And uh, yeah, all right. All right fair, fair. Anyhow, um, next time in the pod, it's Ruby Sparks with Morgan Roberts. Uh, we're going. We're jumping ahead a year and uh, uh, early Paul Dano and Zoe Sam.
follow up to Little Miss Sunshine. Some Good stuff facts. there. Yes. <laughs> this era we're carving out. Yeah. Know, seminal text. Yeah. I mean, truly the power couple of Hollywood, Zoe Kinsan and Paul Dano. Mm. I think. For the longest I time, I thought they met on um, Meek's Cutoff, but I guess they were together before that. Oh, interesting. Realize. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, all right. Well, everyone can follow me at Birds of Clay on Twitter and on Letterboxd. You follow me on Instagram, Mr. Clay Williams. You can follow the podcast Twitter account at ETT Pod. You can send us an email at exiting through 2010s at gmail.com. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe. Give us five stars on any podcast platform you listen us on to. Um, please be good to yourselves. Please stay safe. Try to do something to help your mood. Um, yeah. And as always, we'll catch you next time on Exiting Through 2010.